We shall fight with growing confidence and growing strength in the air. We shall fight on the beaches. We shall fight on the landing grounds. We shall fight in the fields and in the streets. We shall never surrender until in God's good time, the new world, with all its power and might, steps forth to the rescue and the liberation of people. In times of universal deceit, truth is the only rebellion left. The topic of today's show is a scold to my fellow conservatives, Republicans, those that are on the same team who seem to be more eager to shoot their own than to attack the enemy. We need to learn the lessons of incrementalism, the lessons of William Wilberforce and others who recognize that three steps forward and maybe one step back is still a move in the right direction and we can't call everybody else Satan in the process. I'm Dr. Everett Piper and this is The Rebellion. Good morning and welcome to The Rebellion. Thank you for listening to the show. Well, as I said in the introduction, I want to talk to my fellow conservatives today. And this is a bit of a scold, I suppose. I've seen way too many times over the course of the last year or so where conservatives end up turning toward one another and firing rather than aiming outward and attacking the enemy. I mean, we seem to be more eager to execute and crucify a fellow conservative than we are in accomplishing the ultimate conservative goal, the conservation of what is true and right, good and beautiful and true. And this is wrong. The enemy laughs at us while we continue to do this. And we're doing it over multiple issues. School choice. Conservatives are attacking each other rather than addressing the issue. If you differ at all in terms of your methods on how to improve education, then you are the enemy, apparently. Even though, in my case, you may have decades of experience in education private education, Christian education, and you've spoken out repeatedly against the free fall of the academy, the ivory tower becoming the Tower of Babel. But yet, you're the enemy if you suggest that there are some aspects to the school choice debate that have merit, and that there are ways to get to the goal line that may be different than somebody else in your respective camp, your conservative camp, suggests. We can't just demonize each other when we disagree on issues like school choice. Or here's another one, abortion. There, is, there are few people out there who have spent more time protesting, speaking against, writing against, marching against abortion. It's evil in all of its forms. But yet, if you take an incremental approach and you say, well, I think saving 20 babies is better than losing all 100 that are on the chopping block, then you're evil and you're the enemy and you're somehow pro-abortion. This is ludicrous. This is nonsense. And there are many other issues in play. It's not just school choice or abortion. Uh, it's even in this sexual identity, lunacy, nonsense. Now, if you've listened to me on this show at all, you know that if anything, I'm guilty of this being a single message for me. I have been accused of playing a one-string banjo. Why are you so fixated on LGBTQIA? Why do you stand so aggressively against it? But yet now, you know, people like me are being accused of being traitors because we want to listen to legal opinions and legal strategies from the likes of Alliance Defending Freedom, the Rutherford Institute, the First Liberty Institute, 
we want to hear what they have to say about strategy on how we can stop this nonsense in our public parks and public streets. At least, at least if we can get it out of the public, that's a move in the right direction, right? So today's show is essentially on incrementalism. I want to talk about it being a virtue rather than a vice, and that we need to understand in the analogy of football that you can't throw a pass for a touchdown on every single play. If you do, you're going to lose, and your enemy is going to laugh. Your opponent, the opposing team, is going to laugh at you for trying to do so. The, the old tried-and-true method of pounding the ball up the middle for a gain of two yards, four yards, five yards, and maybe a loss of three is actually a strategy that has worked for decades. It works in football, it works in the military, and it also works for the church, and it works for conservatives. But if you turn around and start attacking your own team rather than paying attention to your opponent on the other side of the scrimmage line, you're going to lose. And if you start criticizing everybody else around you for not throwing that Hail Mary pass every time you get the ball, and if you're going to accuse them of being the problem rather than the potential solution, then we're going to lose. That's today's show. I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion. Let's take a break, and I'll be right back in a couple minutes. In 1978, George and Kate Tedford set out to protect Oklahoma businesses better. Today, their son and our CEO, Mark Tedford, is excited to carry on his family's legacy. Professional liability, compliance, property, workers' comp, health and life. Tedford Insurance's dedicated team gives you access to the nation's largest insurance providers, negotiates the best rates, and protects their own legacy like no one else. Call 918-299-2345 or tedfordinsurance.com. The Patriot Auto Group, locally owned and operated. The Patriot family of dealerships takes great pride in supporting the communities we serve throughout the great state of Oklahoma. The Patriot Auto Group's charitable work has been recognized throughout Oklahoma. Whether it's visiting one of our local dealerships or simply shopping and buying online with our doorstep delivery, the Patriot Auto Group takes the stress out of buying a new or used vehicle. And every purchase comes with our exclusive peace of mind, Patriot Pledge. You get engines for life, plus one-year maintenance, and 10 full years of roadside assistance, plus so much more. Sure, we can sell you a car, but supporting our community and lending a hand to our neighbors in need? Sold. The Patriot Auto Group. Proud Oklahomans in the communities we serve. Okay, welcome back to The Rebellion. So again, today's show is on incrementalism and the foolishness that I see within the conservative ranks right now, where we're so eager to shoot our own rather than to attack the opponent. We, we are committing the ad hominem on a second-by-second, minute-by-minute, day-by-day basis right now. The ad hominem is the attack of the person rather than attacking the idea. And conservatives are guilty of this in the extreme right now. And I'm telling you, the left is laughing. They have gotten us to turn on each other like a bunch of rabid dogs. Illogical, fallacious, ad hominem attacks because we have decided that a person is not trustworthy rather than attending to the message and the strategy at hand and not being humbled enough to recognize that you can have the same goal 
but yet disagree on strategy. And you should be complementing one another, working with one another toward that common goal rather than demonizing your teammates. I'm watching this take place in Bartlesville right now, and it's over the LGBTQIA drag queen issue. Now, again, I would argue that there's nobody out there who has argued more aggressively, fought more tenaciously against the LGBTQIA lunacy, the rainbow nonsense, the foolishness of defining the human being by nothing but his or her desires, of dumbing down the definition of what it means to be a man or a woman to nothing but your inclinations, that your identity is nothing more than what you're inclined to do, that somehow your personhood is nothing but your passions and your proclivities. This is an insult to the human being. It's a degradation of men and women. It dumbs down the definition of who we are to the imago dog, not the imago day. That somehow we are defined by our guts, our desires, our instincts, our libido. And conservatives, and especially Christians of all people, should recognize the great insult that takes place under the rainbow flag today. Can I be any more clear? Am I being wishy-washy right now in the way I'm communicating with you? I would suggest no, I'm not. But because I've tried to listen to our local city attorney, a man by the name of Jess Kane, and understand his logic for what he's doing right now, his legal strategy, because I've decided to listen to a man that I trust because he's given me reasons to trust him over the decades. He's not a bad person. He's not a left-wing, left-winger here. He's not trying to sell our local community out to the drag queens. That's not his objective. What he's trying to do is seek counsel from the most successful law firms in the nation, He's gone to the Alliance Defending Freedom, who has won more cases in front of the Supreme Court on issues of religious freedom and First Amendment rights than anybody else. If anybody, if anybody, any law firm in the United States of America understands the law and the legal precedent and the proper strategy for winning in the court, in the court of law, these issues then the Alliance Defending Freedom probably does. And likewise, First Liberty is right up there fighting the same battles, and the Rutherford Institute likewise. These are conservative legal firms, legal organizations that are doing the good work. And I know that Jess Kane has sought their counsel. So I sat down with Jess, and I wanted to talk to him about why he is recommending what he's recommending, because I'm against this stuff, and I've been critical of those who have voted in favor of, the, of um, letting drag queens perform in public spaces in Bartlesville and letting children be exposed to these things in our public parks. I've said before, I don't want my grandchild or my niece or my nephew or anybody else for that matter riding their bicycle through a local public park and being confronted by some 40-year-old dude dressed up in drag, cavorting, grinding in front of my child, in front of my grandchild, in front of my niece, my nephew, in front of my neighbor's kids. I don't want them, these children, being subjected to this grooming and this this sexual indoctrination. I think it's wrong. I think it should be illegal. And I think we have laws that should stop these people from doing these things. So I sat down with Jess. I wanted to know what his, what his thinking was. I didn't sit down to demonize him or yell at him or criticize him. I I sat down with the intent of doing my best to just shut my mouth and listen for a while. 
listen rather than talk. And here's what I learned. Here's what I learned. Jess has worked very aggressively to seek the advice of these other conservative legal agencies like the ones I've already mentioned, ADF, Alliance Defending Freedom, the Rutherford Institute. He's reached out to them. He's asked for their counsel and their advice on how to craft a response to the public drag queen performances in our city. This is a strategy of the left, of the LGBTQ cabal. They're going into the heartland and they're trying to take down conservative communities town by town, village by village, city by city, because they know that that's where the battle lies. And apparently they're laughing because they know they can get us to turn on each other in the process, too. Here's another thing I learned. I learned that under Jess's leadership, the city has already successfully secured a commitment from the local LGBTQIA advocates that they will not, and I repeat this, not conduct any, as in zero, They will not conduct any drag queen performances in Bartlesville Public Parks for at least the next 12 months. This is a victory. This is not a defeat. We've got them to do something that they said they would not do. They said they would not stop performing in public parks, but because of Jess's work, they have agreed to a 12-month ceasefire, if you will where they won't perform in public parks. Why do you think they've done that? Do you think they've done that because they think their argument is a winning one? No, if they thought they could crush the opponent, they would continue to do it. They've done it because of Jess's good work and pointing out the facts, the legal facts, as well as what the community wants. And Jess has gotten an agreement. He's secured an agreement to have zero drag queen performances in Bartlesville for the next year. So this is what is going on. And why is this a bad thing? Jess will continue to work with the local council, local law enforcement, and the state legislature. He's going to continue to do that over the course of the next 12 months. And I, in listening to him, am now hopeful that his efforts will lead to some clarification of existing public decency ordinances that are already on the books, maybe tightening them up with better language if necessary, and then coaching and teaching the people that we've elected of their corresponding responsibility and ability, both ability and responsibility, of local elected officials to enforce the laws that we have. So Jess is a conservative. He's a good man. And he, he wants what's best for our community. He agrees with conservative concerns here. I trust Jess. And conservatives who want a community that's safe for your children in the years ahead, we need to understand the wisdom here of incrementalism. We can't just, like I said earlier, throw a touchdown, a Hail Mary pass at every play. We need to recognize that three steps forward and one step back is still a move in the right direction. And we ignore incremental gain to our detriment. We're doing it in abortion. We're doing it in school choice. We're doing it all over the place right now. We're doing it when it comes to this sexual nihilism. We're ignoring incremental gain and the wisdom there to our detriment. We're we're shooting our own for the sake of a minor skirmish because we want to win against a dispute with our own on an issue of strategy rather than an issue of actual moral disagreement. Jess does not disagree with me morally. He may disagree with me strategically. I'm not saying I agree with everything that Jess is saying right now in terms of strategy. 
if I were on the city council of Bartlesville, I would have voted no in terms of the last vote. The last vote was one that didn't, in my view, at least in terms of communication to the public, send the right message. Now, behind the scenes, the strategy may have been okay, but I think the communication is controlling us right now rather than us controlling the communication. The information is controlling us rather than us controlling the information. I think there was a different way to conduct this particular vote and what message would have been sent to the public accordingly. And I think if that would have been managed differently, we probably would be having fewer arguments and debates right now. At least that's my opinion, but I could be wrong there too. But just because I disagree with the communication strategy and I would have voted differently because of that doesn't mean that I should be demonizing everybody else that I disagree with. We're shooting our own for the sake of these minor skirmishes while our adversaries are smiling and laughing at us while they're marching down the field, winning the game and winning the war. Um, this recall effort in Bartlesville right now, because it's fueled by misinformation, anger, and a vindictive spirit between conservatives, conservatives toward conservatives, it, it's going to fail. And again, I'm going to say that again. This recall in Bartlesville right now, it will fail. And it will hand a huge win to the wrong people. You're going to go through all of this stuff. It won't, it won't work. And then you're basically just giving a victory to the opponent on this issue of LGBTQIA drag queens. You're empowering your opponent by being stupid. I've said it over and over again, that true conservatives should thank people when they're right and criticize them when they're wrong. I'm willing to criticize any conservative out there if you're wrong. There have been times when I've done it graciously, and I'm sure there have been times when I've done it with a lack of grace. And I apologize to anybody out there if I've been less than gracious in challenging a conservative view. Again, I'm not perfect when I do these podcasts. I'm not pretending to be perfection, the model of perfection. What I am intending to do, what I'm trying to do is speak clearly into these issues. And if I have screwed it up and been an example of the very thing I'm criticizing right now, then I'm sorry. I apologize for that. But I'm agitated, as are a lot of people right now who have been in the trenches for decades. Like I said, and I'm not trying to pat myself on the back or anybody else, whether it be Jess Kane or any other conservatives in the community. But this is a fact. We, Jess Kane, Everett Piper, a lot of other people in the community have fought for decades for conservative values. We've been in the trenches. I have written repeatedly. I have spoken repeatedly. I've put my career at risk repeatedly. I have fought these issues all the way to the Supreme Court. I've marched in the Right to Life March in Washington, D.C. I've spoken in Right to Life marches in Tulsa. I am not going to take second chair to anybody else on these issues, and I don't do that boastfully. I just do that as a tenacious warrior for these causes. But I'll tell you this, I'm not going to turn around and start shooting my own, and I won't allow anybody that's on my team to start making their teammates the issue rather than their opponents. That is a sure recipe for disaster. That's the way you lose games. 
That's the way you lose elections. And that's the way you lose war. That's the way you lose your country and your culture. A house that is divided cannot stand. And calling people names just because they support a given candidate who's just as conservative as another one. That's another issue. In the last election, some of us decided to support one candidate who was conservative against another candidate who was conservative. We said nothing negative about the other candidate, and I still haven't said anything negative about her. And I won't. I appreciated her work. She did a good job while she was in the House. I appreciated her votes. There were some things that I thought were socially inept, and I think that caused problems, but that doesn't, that doesn't matter. What matters is I decided to support another person who's equally conservative, and I shouldn't be demonized, nor should anyone else be demonized for doing so. My land, what would you prefer? Would you prefer that we lose our community, lose our culture to these proponents of grooming children, these proponents of big government rather than small government, these proponents that want to take your private property away and your private rights away, these people that think your children are theirs and not your own? Do you want to cede the territory to them while you're demonizing your own? That's exactly what you're doing. It's wrong, and it's embarrassing. It's closed-minded. It's naivete at its worst. And we're ignoring the sacrifices of leaders who've done 10 times more in this fight than we have. And the enemy laughs. I'm going to thank the conservatives who have fought for decades. And just because we disagree on a strategic issue now doesn't mean they're my enemy. That's foolish and that's silly. And labeling them because of their name. If they're a prominent name in the community, so what? Maybe they're prominent because they've earned it. Okay, you ever think of that? Maybe their name means something because they've earned the respect that comes with decades, if not over centuries, or at least over a century, of service. Good conservative Christian service to a community does not mean that your name should be demonized. Enough said, I guess, but I've still got a few more minutes. I've had it with this craziness. We are embarrassing ourselves, and the left takes more and more of our culture away from us every day. Our arrogance, our rudeness, and our stupidity is causing us to lose. If anyone has fought more than I have, okay, raise your hand, speak up. You want proof of my convictions? Look at my track record. You want proof of other people's convictions, whether they be on city council or whether they be our city attorney or whether they be our state representative or whatever. Look at their track record. That's the proof. If you want proof, look at what they've done. Who has spoken more? Who's written more? Who's put more at risk? Who's put their career on the line? Who's fought? Like I said, in our case at Oklahoma Wesleyan, all the way to the Supreme Court. Just because we disagree doesn't mean we're in the enemy camp. That's crazy, and like I said earlier, a house divided cannot stand. I've been a leader of the more conservative side of the Republican Party locally in this part of the state, definitely in our city, in our village, our college, and whatnot, for a couple decades. 
I align with a lot of you that are listening right now that may be a little uh, bruised by my scold. We're on the same team, and you, you know it. You know we're on the same team. Stop shooting your own. Stop demonizing fellow conservatives who are just as conservative as you and have proven it for decades in their profession and in the way they practice and in the way they speak into the public square. Stop demonizing them because they disagree with you on a strategy on reducing the number of babies that are being killed in abortion clinics. Stop demonizing them on a strategy for how to fix the nightmare of our public schools. If one person thinks school choice is a viable option and can demonstrate to you why it might work, then don't challenge their Christianity. I've had somebody actually challenge my Christianity because I didn't take an aggressive enough stance against school choice. Please, stop. Stop. I'd like to think that being involved in education my entire career and having to navigate the waters of financial aid and whatnot at private Christian colleges gives me a little bit of a platform to stand on in this particular particular conversation when it comes to education and school choice. Whether it's good, whether it's bad, how do you fund it, how do you not fund it? I've talked about this before. It's a, there's a big difference between tax credits and financial aid. If defined properly, I think school choice could work, but that's, that's not the issue right now. I digress. Rather it be arguing that I'm pro-life. I don't think any babies should die, but right now we're going to lose 100 babies if we don't do something, and that's something that we could do might save 20 of them. So I don't apologize for saving the 20 that would have died if we just would have stood tenaciously against any compromise. And then somehow you celebrate that all 100 children are dead now and you could have saved a handful of them? Don't tell me that you're more pro-life than me if that's your position. And then when it comes to this LGBTQ drag queen nonsense, if you can get the opponent to agree to do nothing, not have any performances for anyone, regardless of age, for a year, you don't think that's a victory? So that you can give yourself time to seek more counsel from ADF and the Rutherford Institute and talk to the state legislature and see what laws can be tightened up and defined better so that we can have some sanity in our communities. If you're making that argument, the argument that I just made, and and you're demonized by your conservative brothers and sisters for doing so, there's something wrong. When conservatives seem to be more interested in winning their little schoolyard disputes, their juvenile valley girl arguments, or whatever it is. I don't know. Put whatever label you want on it. You Boyish bullies. Valley girl nonsense. I mean, the conservative ranks look more like that than thoughtful Wilberforces. So I'll conclude with the last two minutes of the show by reminding you that William Wilberforce was an incrementalist. He fought for over 20 years on the floor of the British Parliament for the abolition of the slave trade, not the abolition of slavery. And you might say, well, that's evil. William Wilberforce was in favor of slavery. What a bunch of garbage. You know he wasn't. He wasn't in favor of slavery, but he knew that if he could take down the slave trade, that the domino would fall and slavery throughout the entire United Kingdom 
would soon, very soon, be outlawed completely. So he fought against the slave trade incrementally, recognizing that one step forward was better than standing still. And he kept getting knocked back and knocked back and knocked back for 20 years, but he continued to fight, rammed the ball up the middle. He didn't throw a Hail Mary and and go for all of slavery because he knew that if he moved the target, he would lose. And black people would be enslaved for decades and decades hence. So he argued against the slave trade, recognizing that that was the linchpin, if pulled, would cause the entire system to collapse. It's not satanic to argue for incrementalism, as I was accused of on Facebook this morning. Wilberforce was not working for Satan any more than any other conservative, working for justice and righteousness and beauty and goodness and truth. John Newton, Wilberforce's mentor, the author of Amazing Grace, How Sweet the Sound That Saved a Wretch Like Me, was not working for Satan, but John Newton told Wilberforce to carry on incrementally in the fight for biblical truth and the dignity of the human being. I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion.